Welcome, friends, to Agency Wellness, the podcast. My name is Cody Marr. After decades living with the diagnosis of chronic illness, I began to ask myself if this diagnosis, this label, was really helpful. I started to challenge my own learned concepts as well as cultural concepts of what it means to be well. I spent years studying all sorts of techniques and experimenting with different modalities. I took course after course and certification after certification. All of this amazing knowledge has enriched my life and informed how I care for myself and who I am as a practitioner. However, my greatest teacher and my most credible source has been and continues to be my own amazing body. Agency Wellness was born out of the feeling that just like actors need agents to support and guide their careers, sometimes in the wild, wild world of wellness, you need a health agent, someone you can trust to help you navigate the various twists and forks and bumps you inevitably encounter as a human living in today's world who wants to feel well, be well, who wants to be, let's just say it, happy and healthy. This podcast will help you expand your knowledge, vision, and practice of wellness. I'll be bringing you heartfelt conversations with a variety of experts in fields such as naturopathic medicine, feng shui, life coaching, womb healing, psychic guidance, creativity, Pilates, and so much more. It's my hope and intention that from these conversations, you can begin to tap into your own unique and ever-evolving wellness recipe. I'll be right here with you the whole way. So, let's dive in. Hello, friends. It has been a minute. I am super excited to be back bringing you a brand new episode this week. I am approaching birth very quickly, the birth of our first child, and I must say that being pregnant has been really interesting and has definitely caused some things to shift and me to roll with the punches, but this podcast is not going anywhere, so please be patient with me as I have more of a slow rollout for the next little while, but I do intend to be back with regularity as soon as I possibly can. Okay, so this week I have an amazing episode for you that was recorded a few months ago with the incredible Katie Dalebout. Katie is a writer, podcast producer, and host. Her weekly interview show began in 2013 and now has over 400 episodes with nearly 9 million downloads. In 2019, she also started producing another podcast called Spiraling, a mental health show she hosts with Serena Wolf. In 2016, she published her book, Let It Out, which is about using writing for emotional well-being. She now teaches writing workshops, consults with individuals and brands on creative strategy, and writes a weekly newsletter. She lives in Los Angeles. Her original podcast called Let It Out is fantastic. If you're not already listening, I highly recommend you do so. This conversation with Katie was really beautiful. We explored topics like friendship, wellness, balance, diet culture, eating disorders. We sort of spanned the gamut here of a lot of different topics. Katie is a sweet and generous person. I feel really honored to have her in my life, and I cannot wait to share this episode with you. So enjoy this episode, friends, with the incredible Katie Dalebout. Hi, Katie. Hi, Cody. Thank you so much for being here. I'm, this was uh, really, I'm so excited to have this conversation. I appreciate your time so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm stoked to be here. Like I told you, I was like having this on my calendar all day. I was like, I get to talk to my friend. I, you know how I feel about you. And it's intensely um, emotional because I Mm -hmm. just, I'm so grateful for you. Ditto. Really. It's a special, it's for me, it's a really special connection. So thank you. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I know who you are. Some people listening might also know who you are. You have an amazing podcast um, and other amazing things, but let's just start with just a little background, like who you are, how you got to where you are, anything you want to share about yourself before we sort of dive into the meat of the conversation. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can share, you know, it all, I think. So through, you know, we can, I, as long as you're cool with this, we can say we've like work together. Like you, you were part of a program that, that I did. And then you so generously 
um, did sessions with me that really like were incredible. And I just think, I don't know if we can talk about emotion code, but I think it's so cool. We can totally Uh, talk about it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Have you talked about it here before? No. mm -mm. Not at all. Mm -mm. Oh, wow. People are probably like, what is that? (laughs) We might have to explain it, but we'll explain it. Yeah. But you go first. Okay. Okay. Um, I I'm curious, how did you, do you remember how you even found me and let it out? Did you find me through the podcast? I, yeah, I found you through the podcast. I, you know, love self-development podcasts and I started listening to your podcast and then I know Kristen and Natalie. And so then there was oh, that right. connection and it, but I, I found you independently of that connection at first, but oh. then I was like, oh my God, she's in this world too. You know, when someone starts to, you know, pop right. up in all different places. So yeah, first, first was just really like geeking out on your podcast. I listened to you like every single day, your little ditty would get stuck in my head. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah. That's how I found you first. Wow, that's so cool. So it was a while ago then, I guess, at least. Yeah, I was living in Cobble Hill. So I'm going to go with like 2018, maybe a a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Well, okay. So then based off of that, so the podcast that we're talking about for people listening, I started, I'm from Michigan. So I grew up there and I I went to school for, for journalism and I studied TV news. I wanted to be a TV news reporter, but at the time... I was really into wellness, kind of overly so. And I I honestly like didn't have the capacity to do, I was teaching yoga and really into wellness and really had a terrible eating disorder. And, and that's another connection that we had, but um, I couldn't really do the TV news thing or even have the capacity to like be, you, can, you know, you're especially at that time, like one man band and you're going out and doing these things and wake up early and you have to move to a small market. And I just that was what I learned and studied and and had this real for, but like, couldn't really do. And, and also didn't really want to do like, there was just a lot of factors there that made that impossible. And what I was doing at the time was writing a wellness blog. This was 2012. So like Mm -hmm. peak internet, very different internet, very earnest internet, different to what we have now. And I was doing that and teaching yoga and I really wanted to like keep doing that, but needed to like get a job. And I wanted to also like leave my little small town I grew up in went to college. in. so I ended up um, like getting a job for a company in marketing, starting the podcast on the side and moving to Detroit. And then that company was based in New York. So eventually I moved to New York, mostly just because I always wanted to live in New York. And I did that, was still doing the podcast, eventually got a book deal in there because the the podcast by that time, you know, the podcast started in like in, and not like it definitely started in 2013, which I know because it'll be 10 years next year, which is wild. Wow, but that's totally wild. I know. Um, but yeah, in 2013, it began and and then it was really wellness based where I was kind of asking these very grand driller questions like how many chia seeds do you eat? Like exactly. And like, you know, really into it in this way that I see now is pretty problematic, but it really just morphed along with like what I was learning and growing about. So I was like, oh, you know, it's actually, I'm more into uh, eating disorder recovery and less into orthorexia and I'm more into you know, body neutrality. So here's episodes around that. And it's like, oh, I'm not even, you know, I, I don't really care so much about spirituality and self-development as much as I care about creativity and connection or relationships or, and it's like, I do care about that again. And then it's like um, sprinkled back in, in a different way. And it's then I'm interviewing musicians and actors about their habits and routines. And and now it's just kind of this culmination of, you know, when people are like, oh, you have a podcast. I'm like, oh yeah. They're like, what's, what's it about? And I'm like, I just interview people, you know, I just, I just interview people and we see what comes up and it's the greatest thing I've ever done because I've gotten to meet so many incredible people like you through this like weird thing that I made. And, you know, through the people I interviewed too, you know, there's, there's over 400 episodes. So mm. I'm having trouble remembering even people. I'm like, Oh yeah, I did interview them. Like they'll pop up and like, I'll be like, wow, I barely remember that. So that's that's been kind of wild but then more than anything like through the people who listen to it like you and then I do these I do these workshops this this workshop on on creativity specifically that that's now called in process that you were in and that's cool because then people who listen to the podcast get to connect with each other as well as me and it's I mean you experience that so you can speak to it too but 
it's really cool. Like it, it's, it's been a, it's been a really cool group of people. And, and I'm, I'm really grateful that, you know, I say the podcast is the best thing I've ever done, but I made these workshops, you know, I did another one that helped other people start podcasts, which also was really cool because I would get to connect with people who listen and want to do this too. And then same with in process was sort of an extension of that. And, and yeah, it's just like, I, I wouldn't have gotten to meet this many people all over if I hadn't made this thing on the internet. And so I'm just really grateful for it, honestly. And yeah. And then I guess we can dive into anything else you want to dive into. Cause I guess now it's like, I'm probably skipping some steps, but eventually, Oh, I think I mentioned a book. Like eventually at somewhere in there, I wrote a book about journaling. <laughs> that's also called let it out somewhere in there. I moved to LA. I think there's some gaps, but that's, that's basically <laughs> everything from birth till now. Great. Well, it was so great to talk to you and uh, we'll yeah, do this again. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Um, no, don't know. I'm totally kidding. So yeah, I mean, I'm just having, you know, I still listen to your podcast, but since we're talking about before, I'm just having such nostalgia because I, you know, I didn't really listen to podcasts. You were one of the first podcasts that I really listened to. Like I was listening to, um, what's that Krista Tippett one? I can't remember the name. Oh, right on now. being. Yeah. Yeah. On being or like Oprah okay. super soul Sunday, like some of those, but when I really started to listen more broadly, like when I was like, Oh wow. Podcast, this is a wealth of information. And I was going through kind of a lonely time in my life. And I remember just there was something about you that it felt like I was listening to my friend. And I think that that was the first podcast to me that felt so personal. And it's interesting the way you talk about it, because you talk about having created this community from this podcast. And I'm not surprised because it's such a warm environment. Like I really did feel like I was listening to someone who cared, you know, <laughs> cared about their listeners, me. Um, and it sort of gave me that same feeling like in college, this is so embarrassing, but in college, um, I also had like a lonely time in college and I used to watch Felicity reruns all the time. <laughs> oh my God. Did you I actually let it out to Instagram? No, not today. I haven't been on Instagram. You got, I literally just posted about Felicity. <laughs> That's hilarious so funny that you mentioned that. That is really funny. But yeah, I, and I mean, I'm going to date myself, but I actually went to, I believe it was Walmart and purchased this, the DVD set because there, this was pre Netflix, right? So like I had yeah. the DVDs in my little college apartment and I didn't really have any friends in college. And like that felt like my friends, like my 2D yeah. friends, right? So that's sort of, I feel like what you've been able to create is just this really warm, inviting, uh, informational and interesting, all of those things, but it's it's you, right? So I'm curious, you know, you're so open and so vulnerable and so willing to talk about it. Were you always like that? Was that something that through the podcast kind of allowed you to come into that more or was that, is that just who you are? What do you mean? Like the friendliness yeah, thing? Like the, yeah, like just the warmth and the vulnerability and your ability to really just let it out. Like let your say the things and let yourself be vulnerable in a broader term. Yeah, sense. that's a good question. I think, I mean, I think my knee jerk like answer that I would answer if I had to answer quickly is just like, yeah, I think it's kind of just inherent in me. I'm Midwestern. My mom is... Uh, such a people person you know like she's uh she's worked in HR for like 40 years my dad is a salesman like I come from and just like someone who like everybody at the bar knows Don and everybody like <laughs> I just come from friendly folks where it's like it's different than I think my brand of they don't they maybe don't have friends at the same level I think my my dad does my mom is very close with her family um and friendship's very important to me because I'm an only child and because I've lived in a million city not a million cities but I've moved around a, a little bit and I um yeah I, I've I've crafted I don't work in a place where I have colleagues I, I'm not in a relationship so, so friendship has become in the last couple of years really important to me so I've making relationships is so different than what I think you're asking about right now, which is just an openness of friendliness. Like I can talk to anybody, I can talk to a wall. And I think to answer your question, like I, I think anyone can learn to be a good conversationalist, but I think it might 
require more energy or more spoons, right? As we say, like to, for someone who is more introverted or that just doesn't, that muscle isn't very developed in them. Where for me, it's, if anything, overdeveloped. And, you know, I always make the joke, like I could stand to hold it in a little bit more, like, and be a bit more mysterious. Like I, I think it, it, it does, to answer your question, it does come naturally to me. I've always been very comfortable, like speaking extemporaneously on something like I loved standing up and giving a speech in front of the class. I did the announcements in, in middle school and high school. And like, you know, I was in the, like you a little bit, you know, I not professionally, but like I was in all the plays and I was, I, I've always had that. And I just call it a fork in my personality or whatever. Like I, I've definitely like that is innate to me. But I think also, and I know we have this in common too, when I, when I graduated from the reason I studied journalism actually is because I, I, I really wanted to like be an actress, you know, but I was like, I can't do that. I'm not pretty enough or talented enough, or I can't sing and whatever. So I was like, well, if I do this, it's kind of like something that I could is a bit performative and I can study and I can like do, and I never really did TV news, but it, it that was kind of what got me into it. If I really am like honest with myself and like the amount of ego that was in that and then you know I ended up doing broadcast in the the sense of the the podcast which was related because all of our prereqs for tv classes were radio classes so I had a little bit of that um experience and then you know I think at that time I was what I was going to say that we also have in common is I was listening to and and watching a lot of people I admired who were able to kind of like these these like self-help book writers you know like I think so so I interned for for Gabby Bernstein and Mm -hmm. when I was in eating disorder recovery treatment somebody was like you should meditate and they were like here's this like young person like you like she'll teach you to meditate and I was like (laughs) okay uh who is she you know and then I was like oh my God, she's so nice and cool. And like, I, it totally like blew the top off for me because at that time, like I didn't know anything about like spirituality or meditation. Like I grew up Catholic in this really like ceremonial way, but without any um, uh, practice really and belief. And so it really, you know, shifted something for me. And I saw Gabby like speaking extemporaneously on a topic and being so dynamic. And I think that expanded me to just sort of be like, all right, when you're honest and real and you try to be nice to people and you try to like, she, she evoked this confidence that I was kind of like, Oh, that's how you do it. And I just kind of was like pretending I was like playing Gabby, you know, which like kind of was oddly like worked for a period of time where I like, ended up getting a book deal with her publisher and she wrote the forward for it. And I was doing this um, podcast. And then I sort of realized like we sort of diverge a little bit and not, not for any reason, but just like, Oh, I was like, I don't think I want to be a self-help. I don't think I'm a motivational speaker. Like, I don't think that's actually what I want to do. But I think a lot of the qualities of that job suit me. And I'm still very interested in those topics. And I, and I still really like that she's a writer and I, I, I do working with people one-on-one and, and, and answering questions and leading groups and workshops. And I do creative consulting. Like I, I work with people one-on-one in that format. And a lot of these things, I, I, I'm, this is like a therapy session. I'm, I'm like realizing <laughs> this, I'm saying it, but I think a lot of this came from, you know, observing her and how she treated people of like, I would listen to her lectures. And, and I, I think you did probably at the time too, and how she would answer questions from people in the audience of just like, she would tune right in with them and just listen with so much care and answer so earnestly. And she always said like, when you're authentic, people fall in love with you. And I just, I really have always taken that in. And so I think early on, like between growing, like having a tendency towards this anyway, from where I grew up, how I grew up, who I was around being pretty extroverted, and then observing Gabby. And then I think the third thing, which is maybe relevant too, is like, I I always felt very uncomfortable physically Hmm. and also intellectually. Like I was never the smartest person. I was never great at school. I could kind of make my way through and 
talk my way into good grades. And I wasn't one of those people who like got through on good looks or like using my body or my, like it, it was never that. And it was never just like on merit, <laughs> but I could kind of talk my way and I could kind of be the, I was never going to be the prettiest in the group or the, the, the thinnest or the smartest, but like I might be able to be the nicest. And I know this sounds sort of calculated and contrived, but none of this was conscious, but I'm kind of seeing it going back of like, this is the thing that came naturally, naturally to me. And so I amplified it in the sense of all of these things I sort of clocked. I, I see now that I just doubled down on them. I doubled, doubled down. So like I would be so beyond answering a question in a lecture, which I like never do, but I was teaching a lot of yoga. So I would just like really be present when I was there. And I would really be present when I was out to dinner with someone and I would listen and I would remember things. And I'm incredibly good with names. I'm an auditory learner. I, you know, even here in my neighborhood, like I'm the person that people are texting, like, what was that guy's name? And how can I, like, mm -hmm. I just, I know people and I'm very good at connecting with people. And I think because these other skills either weren't developed or just don't come that naturally to me, sure, I could like really try to study languages and maybe get better, but like, it, I don't have an aptitude towards that, but I do have an aptitude towards this. So I just got better at it. And I think that's really served me. And I also don't go about it in a calculated way, right? Like, it's not like, if I'm really nice to this person, maybe someday they'll get me a job or maybe like some, because that has happened and like cool opportunities have come that I never could have expected from just being friendly, but also half the time or 90% of the time, I'm just being friendly and it is what it is, you know? And what always happens in like, not in an altruistic way, I always feel better. It's like that George Saunders quote about kindness, right? Where it's like, the only thing to regret is when you act acted sensibly and you didn't, you know, give when you could have. Like I err on the side of overgiving, even if it's at my own expense, because it it feels better when I when I do, and I it energizes me a little bit, so I can kind of do my own thing. So anyway, that was very long winded, but basically perfect. Kind of to your answer to your question. <laughs> yeah, no, that was amazing. And you touched on so many things. And I just want to assure people that are like, wait, what did she say? And what's her book? And da, da, da. I will have all of that <laughs> linked for you. We will make sure you have all the information. So don't worry, you will not be without access and resources to Katie, even if we don't explicitly <laughs> go into that during this conversation. Cool. I feel like that's very important to say at this juncture. Um, <clears throat> beyond that, man, there's just so many little nuggets that you hit upon during that. So I think, you know, I really want to talk to you about friendship because I can't remember if it was an email. I think it was an email you wrote, like you wrote a beautiful email or essay about friendship several months ago um, about your experience with friendship. And so let's just start there because there's a lot we could go into, but I think that that's such a unique thing that you've so thoughtfully thought about, um, and that you care so deeply about. And it's kind of, um, you know, honestly, it's a bit of a interesting area in my own life. So I think let's just talk a little bit about platonic friendship, not romantic friendship. Um, and sure. we'll see where that takes us. Cause I think it's a really important part, especially nowadays of us yeah. being well, you know, of, of living a well life, like having connections, if we are married or if we aren't, or if we are in a partnership or not, like no matter what our life situation is, I think that if we don't have those deeper connections with people that are not sexual, there's definitely, um, an, a, what is the word like an after effect of that. So yeah, just go into it and we'll see where it comes, what goes. I'll ask you questions along the way. Sure. I mean, I think I've prioritized friendship not as a choice. It just sort of happened that way. Like I, it, it's one thing to know a lot of people. It's another thing to be friends with a lot of people. Totally. Yeah. And I think I've known a lot of people for a lot of my life, but I've intentionally decided to like invest in some friendships and invest in some relationships and I, I also am like, you know, I haven't, 
I, I have a lot of like, I'm curious. I want to know what your like thoughts on friendship are and if I can be helpful because I have a lot of, uh, it's interesting. Did, did you see the movie, the, um, the worst person in the world? No. Mm -mm. Not recently. Anyway, never mind then, but it's, it's basically, <laughs> <laughs> basically it's, it takes place. It's beautiful. And, and I think everyone would probably enjoy it, but it, it shows like a few of her romantic relationships within her thirties. Right. And it's a, it's a beautiful movie and it's very lifelike to, to relationships that I've had. And all my friends had a like pretty intense reaction to it. And I left the movie theater and the first thing I said to my friends I went with and it was moving and I was also crying but then I was like where are her friends like where mm. it's always my reaction and I think what it really brought up in me I was like oh shit like have I not prioritized the correct thing in my life because at the end of the day like family is kind of always going to be there even though it might be really complex a romantic relationship there's a there's a bond and a familiar cohabitation happening, or maybe you're creating a family together and, and that there's a longevity there. I think what's both, both beautiful about friendship and complex about friendship is that there's no contract. There's no, this is going to be happening for this long. There's, there's usually like a disconnection that happens and then you come back in or maybe you don't. There's a lot about friend breakups, you know, mm -hmm. or like people have like friend breakups or they just sort of fizzle or you have situational friends that's like your friend at that thing or your friend from class or your friend from school or your friend from work and then your friend that you always saw at the coffee shop and then they move or like you're like oh wow that was like so situational but then it's like then and some of us are, are who are anxious <laughs> my question like was that even real what's even real who even cares about me and so they're mm. not having that not having a romantic relationship, I guess, for a while for my for myself has made me need to has given me space, I guess, in a way to look at my relationship to friendship and my attachment style and friendship, because whenever I have been in a relationship, it hasn't it's just like rolled off my back when someone like doesn't text me back or doesn't come to the thing or whatever, whatever. But when I don't have anything else and I, it's like, well, okay, if I, I don't live at all close to my family, I'm a couple time zones away. Like I live by myself. If I like pass out in the shower, like, am I going to stay there for days? Or like, who can I call when I do have an emergency contact? You know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about these things. And what's beautiful about having a lot of friends is that you don't have to put the pressure on one person to like be everything for you which is again why I think it, regardless of whether you have a romantic partner or not like it's a Esther Perel talks about this like we're meant to live in community we're meant to to all help each other and so I think it's just good generally but I think some of these things called me to question like to just learn a bit about friendship because it's not really talked about it's not really I think after COVID, mm. we all contemplate it a bit more because it, it caused us to think about how important people other than the people we live with are. <laughs> um, and my COVID experience was so unique too, where I was I was actually like with people and around people more, ran like kind of random people, like uh, sounds like I was being like COVID unsafe, but I was living with roommates as, as right. you know, new yeah. roommates for like, in a kind of a, a community bubble or whatever. And that was lovely. And I wanted to sort of keep that going, but it was a, it was a real moment in time. And so I think that's been really helpful to me to just, to just sort of clock these things in myself of like my greatest lessons on friendship. I can tell you right now, it's friendship takes time. Mm. Can't be forced just like any other relationship. Like there are some people you meet that you might just be like, we get each other, but like they're busy or you're busy or it's hard to see each other. Like you might like it, like no one really prioritizes it. So it's a much slower thing. Right. Um, and yeah, it, it's slow. It can't be forced. And, and I think it ebbs and flows, right? Like, and this has been the greatest thing for my anxiety around friendship, because I have a lot of friends who I am very close with 
and I'm in middles with now, right? Like the beginnings are are fun and exciting, but they're also kind of anxiety provoking because you're like, wait, is it or isn't it, right? And then endings are like kind of sad, but sometimes needed, right? Yeah. But middles, middles are great. Middles are cozy. Like we're in a middle, you know, it's like, you know enough about me to know I'm like, if I'm running late, like I'm, I don't, it's not because I don't care about you. It's because I like had to go to the bathroom or like whatever it is, (laughs) right? Like we, we have that cadence and I'll give an example. Like my, my friend who, who lives in Topanga now, she used to be my, we used to live in New York together. And when we were new friends and she has two kids. And so she would get really busy. And like, I would text her, not like spamming her, just like, Hey, like, and then not, not hear from her for weeks. And I'd be like, my brain would be like, she's mad at me. What did I do wrong? I'd be going through all my like old interactions with her and be like, oh, it's because I said this thing three weeks ago. Or she saw that I did this. I would just be spiraling. and be like, we're not even friends. And it would really affect me. It's kind of embarrassing now. And now when she does that, which happens often, (laughs) I don't even notice it or think about it. And it's not because, and that when at, there was another point when that would happen and I was dating someone and I also wouldn't notice it because I was like occupied. Right. But when I, when my brain had like had that like antenna up um, but now I'm just like, she's busy. She's busy. Mm-hmm. She's living her life. And I know I'll hear from her. And I just have that like trust because we're in the middle, but it's really tricky to have that at the beginning. Cause it could kind of go either way where now it's like, I'm the godmother of her children. Like she lived with me in my studio apartment when she, we have memories together I can, I know I can call her. She knows she can call me. I've sh- we've ha- we have that bond, right? So I can, I know that it'll ebb and flow. And there are weeks when like I talk to her every day and I might not talk to her or see her for two months and that's fine. We're like in any other sort of relation or in a romantic relationship, that'd be pretty rare, right? Like you wouldn't just like go in and out so much like that. So like friendships, it's really kind of, it's a lot to like mental health. But it's not just like you learn what, like, you're also managing a lot of different people. So the other thing is like getting to know like this person, like like my friend Sophie, here's another great example. Like we used to live together during the pandemic. She she worked in restaurants. So like she was just around a ton. So we were like hanging out every day. I wasn't really doing anything either. We had this whole little bubble and then she got really busy. I got really busy. And now we have to like try to see each other. We have to like put it on the calendar. And I used to always... I, similarly to, to my other friend, I would be like, I haven't heard from her in a while. I guess I just need to like, I just need to like check in to make sure we're cool. And I just like, don't even do that. I know I'm going to hear from her every once in a while. She doesn't need 700 voice texts for me while she's like at work. I don't really want to like catch up while I'm trying to do things like, we'll just see each other when we see each other. And in the meantime, we know we love each other and it's fun, you know? And so it's like, knowing people's cadence and then I have other friends where it's like I don't even need to see them for months but like I'm going to be telling them a play-by-play of everything I'm doing you know it's just like you have you have to get to know all these different dynamics and manage that in your brain so anyway (laughs) oh man that was so great yeah I relate to so much of what you're saying and I think you know personally I've been going through this phase um where a lot of things are shifting you know, I had like friends that I had since I was in high school. And then I had friends that I had when I was doing a completely different career, you know, and those really, you know, a lot of people had children and a lot of people left New York city, including myself. So, and then, you know, some people, it was sort of rough, like it was a rough breakup and there are, it's funny because I'm, I'm getting a little tangential here. I'll go back to what I was saying, but like, there's one friend that I can think of in particular who really deeply hurt me. And we, and I never had the opportunity to have a conversation. Like she just, you know, someone I was friends with for 10 years and then she got mad about something, didn't want to talk about it and decided never to speak to me again. And that's fine. That's her prerogative. But what's interesting to me is that it hurts the same way a romantic breakup does. It's different, but it's still something that comes back into my mind. It's still like when I saw her at a mutual event, it was like horrible and I cried. And like, you know, it's it's not something like you said, like I feel like Hollywood kind of makes friendship look like, you know, sex in the city and nothing wrong with sex in the city. I love sex in the city, but it's not always like that. Like it's not always like you meet these people and then they're there for you no matter what. And if there's a problem, you work through it. Like, it's just not, 
always that case. I mean, that's great, but you know, so it is really interesting to think about friendship as evolving and friendship of something that needs our attention and our intention too. And that really requires a lot of flexibility and a lot of emotional dexterity and a lot of understanding. Um, so yeah, you know, it's just, I think it's, I think it's such an interesting topic and I think it's, I'm curious, like if it will become important, you know, how things kind of cycle through, like kale was a big deal for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I think it will. And I think it already is like my friend Kayleen Schaefer wrote this book about female friendship that came out in 2018. And I think since it's called text me when you get home. And I think since then there's been a whole different conversation on friendship and there was the, I don't know if you read it, but I'll send it to you. There's an incredible article in the Atlantic that came out last year called, or maybe it was early this year. I'm not sure, but it's a, it, the title is so good. I want to look it up, but it's like, in the end, it's your friends who break your heart and it's about Mm. friend breakups it's about friendship. It's really, really long, but it's a good read. And I think it'll, it'll make you feel a lot better uh, or less alone in this situation. Cause it's, it's so true. I mean, I've, I didn't mention them, but I mentioned kind of how I've navigated some current relationships, but I've had many friend breakups or just friend. Sometimes there's a breakup and it's kind of intense, like you're describing. And sometimes there's like just a does it dissolves. It dissolve. Yeah. yeah. I've had those too. Yeah. For also, sure. But a bummer sometimes too, right? And so it it's it, it is really complicated. And I think it already is being talking talked about more because when I sent out that newsletter that I think is maybe why you brought this up in the first place, I got so many messages back and articles of have you read this and have you read that? And it's like, oh wow, yeah, it's really out there. So I really, you know, and and Kayleen and I actually um I don't, I mean, whatever, I'll say this here. We were gonna start a project, it was gonna be a podcast about friend mm-hmm. breakup where we were going to like sit two people, we had a whole idea and it might be a newsletter now, but you know, we both um, have too many friends and got busy, who knows, but, um, <laughs> but I think it's there, there's something there that Kayleen yeah. was like, we should talk about this more. So I, I think to your point, it, it is going to be like that. I'm so, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the place that I'm at and I'm really curious your thoughts on this is really trying to understand the evolution like that, you know, cause we're growing as people, right. And we're changing as people and people that we resonate with at one time in our life, like some friends, maybe you'll have for your whole life. And that's just, you know, the way it is and amazing. But a lot of times, you know, we do change and there, and there is a parting or a dissolving and it's, it's like how to not make that about yourself. Like how to not say like, oh, there must be something wrong with me because nobody wants to be my friend anymore. You know, like that it's just this evolution and that we do have the capacity to make new friends. I think that's also something that's like somewhat in some of our minds is like, oh, yeah. kids make friends. Adults are not good at making friends, you know? Um, yeah. So, or that it has to, you know, so I'm just curious, like to hear you riff a little bit about what you think about sort of like the evolution or how that's played out in your own life. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. That whole thing, like my friend Stella and I were out to dinner the other day and she was saying how someone said to her, like, it's so hard to make friends as adults. Like that's something you hear all, all, all again and again and again. And we looked at each other and we're like, that's the only thing that we're, we're doing well right now. Like I'm only, sometimes <laughs> I feel like I'm only friending, you know? Um, like I'm just, if I could just get paid for that, you know, because it's like all, it takes away from other things. So honestly, I'm learning to manage that where I just, you know, I went on a hike with a, a friend this morning and I was late because I ran into too many friends at the coffee shop. And then I, I really didn't have time for that today because I have another two, I am double booked tonight. And I have, it's like, but I like, when am I doing my work? Like when, it, mm-hmm. because my work is, um, I don't have a boss and I don't have like, I'm not managing that well. Right. So I'm, it's kind of like, everything is everything. Right. So how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it's same with friendship. Like what you put in is what you get out. So I'm putting in a lot. And so I'm getting a lot out at the expense of myself and maybe not another romantic relationship. You know what I mean? So like, I'm going to have to do some renegotiating here too. Of Like my friend Zoe pointed this out to me. She was like, you should, if you just applied like 
30% of what you're doing in friendship to like dating, that would maybe be good or like to work or like, you know, because it's just, it, it can kind of snowball. Right. So it's like, you have to just build the muscle and just start doing it. And you'll see that's like quite easy. Like anyone has the capacity to do it, but it, it isn't this it's possible, but the, the method of making friends as an adult is different than it is when you're in college, right? Like when you're in college, let's say, or, or high school or, but, but college is a good example. You're, you're all new here. And it's like set up for making friends. Like everybody's in the same boat. So you're all there to do the same thing. Right. Sometimes at a new job or like, you know, there's, there's other things like that a little bit, but when you just move to a new city as a grown up by yourself or with a partner, like, it's not like you might be in the mood for friends in the market for friends, but everyone around you is, is maybe like me where I, I made a rule for myself last year, kind of in jest, but is good where I said no new friends, like, <laughs> I just no new friends. Cause I'm like barely able to see the ones I have. Right. I haven't stuck with it. It's I terrible. love that. But, it's amazing. <laughs> but like, you know, there could be, you know, so, someone could be like, oh, I'm at capacity with my life and my friend, like, I can't right now, but like someone else is trying to make me. So you have to be able to read the room and kind of know. And then you also have to, because that's going to be, I don't want to say it's not going to be as easy as it is in college. It's just going to be a different like method, really. And you're you have to go to things and like say yes to things. And it takes a lot of time, right? Like I would go to like, when someone invites me to dinner, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go or to this weird party. Like I'm going to go. And again, it takes a lot of time because some of those things I go to and it's like, oh my God, that was dead. And now I'm really tired. And now I don't have the capacity to do my work and I'm behind at my work. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to really, and, and other times I go and it's like, oh my God, it changed my life. And I met that person mm. and then it led to this thing. So you really don't know. So that's why like, I get really bad. I was just talking because again, today I was like, oh my God, I really didn't have time to do that. But I said, yes. And I shouldn't have like, that's a whole different, we can have a whole different conversation about around that. But the the reason I'm, I'm saying this is just because like, I, I think I'm just showing how much time and effort I put into it. And I'm just really, really present when I'm there. And I think you have to just like allow for that and have, make create the space for that and just do it and know your other things might like suffer a little bit, right? Like you might, um, we only have so much energy. And if you're putting most of your energy into friendship, maybe there'll be a little bit less for dating. You know, I know a lot of, I'll say that about like, if there's anyone like, single in their 20s or 30s or maybe older too like a lot of friends of mine prioritize and I don't I'm saying this just to like this is not advice because I think I'm probably wrong but they invest their time in dating mm -hmm. a lot like they're going mm -hmm. on dates they're going on the apps they're they're also doing their work they're also doing the other things but like I'm not really doing that like I you know I'll see someone here and there but like I'm not, and, and this might change if we did this conversation, but, but I think it's like the, the reason um, I think it's relevant to say is that like, when you're doing one, it's, everything's a compromise and like, we only have so much time and energy. So it's like, the more I'm investing in friendship, the less I'm investing in my career, the more I'm investing in friendship, the less I'm investing in dating. And like, I, I try to kind of do it all, but like, the fact that I have so much over here just means like there is less in other areas. And, and I just want to say that to like normalize that it's not like I'm doing this and doing everything else. So, so well, and, and that's why I brought up that movie. I'm like, I don't know if this was the, the right thing long-term, like maybe I would be better off, like, you know, not having invested here. I, I don't know, but at the end of the day, it's like, if you want to give a little, if you want a little bit more with friends, what can you, whatever, what's that, what can you give is what I was going to say. Cause there's that, that quote, that's like, whatever you were lacking in a situation, like how can you give more? So like, I would just say, try to be a better friend to the ones you have and then make time for it. And I think it'll just kind of happen. Yeah. That's such amazing advice. Thank you. And, you know, it makes me think of a couple of things. It makes me think of 
And I'll just say for myself, you know, something that I'm always dealing with is I'm actually like, I love people, but I'm also extremely shy in sort of a strange way. Like I'm a good actor, right? So I can really like put it on and seem comfortable, but it takes a lot. So there's always like a balance for me personally of wanting those relationships, but also knowing like, wow, this is going to be a tremendous amount of effort for me to pretend that I feel comfortable with this new person until we get to that middle phase, right? Until I can relax a little bit and like, be like, okay, if I say one wrong thing, they're not going to hate me, that kind of thing, you know? Um, So I think knowing yourself and getting to know yourself is so important so that you can have the capacity to sort of manage your own energy and know who, who you want to invest in. And then the other thing that really came up for me was around you know, in, in sort of a larger sort of broadening this conversation a bit was around something you had mentioned earlier about sort of being very stringent with your wellness. And I think that sort of speaks to balance, right? Like it's like, it's always this game, no matter what we're talking about, like whether we're talking about chia seeds or whether we're talking about making friends, it's always this game of watching yourself get out of balance and having that be okay and learning how to be like, okay, now this area of my life needs a little more. Like I, you know, those little wheels that wellness people give out where it's like this much for a career and this much. I always sort of despise those because I'm like, that's not, no one's ever going to be a balanced person. Like that's not possible. I think the best we can hope for is just to have awareness of like where we want to tip now because we've been tipped so far this way. So yeah, maybe we can just sort of go into sort of your wellness evolution and sort of how that's evolved. And I, you know, I'm conscious of the time we'll wrap it up pretty soon, but um, just, I'm really curious because I am in, in the exact place of like not wanting wellness to feel restrictive. And that's sort of a goal of this podcast is really to help people expand yeah. their idea of what wellness looks like beyond just like this strict regimen. Yeah. I mean, I think you make such a good point. It's, it's constantly balance is a myth, right? It's like self-awareness and self-honesty to know when you've gone too far in one direction, or perhaps you've overcorrected. Like you, you know, in my case, I was extremely invested in a relationship and then a romantic relationship. And then that ended and I probably have overcorrected with this like friendship (laughs) and I was new to a city, whatever. And I, you know, it's like, okay, well, you're not getting your your work done or taking care of yourself. You need to like move back. Like, it's fine. It's uncomfortable, but it's fine. And I think it's the same thing with 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 wellness and wellness culture. You're gonna have there, God, there there are times to be loose and there are times to be tight. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there are times where it's just, you know. First of all, the di- as you know, the diet industry has hijacked wellness, really. Oh, yeah. Right? So oh, yeah. There's so many things about weight loss and, and trying to, like, make your body look a different way that, that's really just, like, classist and fat phobic and, and mean. So it's, it's important to clock that. And then if it's really, really about, like, true well-being, right, it's like, well, then if it's truly about well-being – you'll hopefully know enough that well-being isn't just how much you exercise or sleep or what you eat or what you don't eat. It's also community and creativity and connection. And there's all these markers of happiness and success and we do live in capitalism and we have to survive. Right. So I think our safety and security and like having those basic needs met is really important for mental health. Right. And then like the next one up, I, I I heard this recently on a podcast about happiness. Like as we age, like it really is important for your body to like feel okay. Honestly, like if you're in pain, if you can't get around very well, like those things are going to affect your happiness and they're going to affect your ability to connect with other people which is going to impact your health right so it's like there is something to be said for like tending to this dying aging organism you know what I mean because <laughs> totally, it's yeah. true it's like I'm you know if, if I'm in pain or if I'm like really feeling exhausted like 
how much capacity do I have to listen to the person across from me? Mm-hmm. Right. It's not very much. Cause I'm, I'm, it's not my own like choice, but it's like my capacity, my energy is going elsewhere. So what I've really come to realize is it's like, we only have so much energy. Time is finite, finite, right? Like there really is only so much time. You can't create time or destroy time, right? It just is what it is. But energy can be created and destroyed, right? So I care less about energy. I care less about time management and more about energy management. And that's what I'm trying to do better at now, right? Of like managing my energy and my capacity to be able to like take care of my physical body. Like like for me, it doesn't take much, but like if I'm not walking like a lot in a day, I'm pretty like crabby to be around. I don't really know where my mental energy is. I have to meditate at least once. I try to drink water, should be drinking more. Like, you know, that's kind of it. Like, and then, and then in terms of everything else, it's like, I've tried everything, as you know, I've done all the green juices and all the things. And it's like, ultimately, a lot of that can take up so much space in your brain that it, I think, does more harm than good. And I think the more experimentation that you do in yourself to know, like, oh, it's, it's, it is kind of fun and funny that first time you're like, oh, my God, I thought I was so allergic to gluten. And then I ate the cookie and, you know, what happened. Right. Right. So it's like you know, and and I think a lot of people like being like, oh, I'm so sensitive to this, or I just like any of that. It's like, they live in the same world that I live in, which is one that's really mean to fat people and really mean to people in large bodies and really fat phobic. So they want an excuse to diet. That's it. Like, and so they'll be like, oh, I'm allergic to gluten. I don't need this. I don't need that. Just so they can have some parameters for themselves, which is fine. You know, it's like, we live in this world. I get it. Like, it's hard to be, to not feel it's, I don't know this because I haven't lived it, but I, I, a lot of people very close to me have where like there's discrimination. There's some really terrible things that happen to people in, in large bodies, but also, and I think this is like something that I want to talk about because again, I've experienced it so much, like our own fluctuations and our own, just, even if you're not in a, in a large body, um, that society would say, but you know that you're carrying more weight than you did before or more weight than you're comfortable with or your clothes fit you differently or whatever, that can be very jarring. And it's not just jarring of like, oh man, like my clothes fit different. Whoops, gonna keep going. For a lot of us, myself included, it's debilitating because you'll feel that and then your confidence shrinks and then your ability to show up and connect with other people shrinks and then you're disconnected and you're lonely and you're depressed. And then what are you, then it snowballs. Cause then you're like, I'm depressed. And so then you're just um, turning to food for comfort and you're turning to whatever for comfort and you're, and you feel worse and worse and worse. Right. So it's like, it's not a small thing to like, I think we talk about eating disorders in in the sense of like, it's kind of very easy to talk about like, Oh, I under eat. And I was anorexic or I was, bulimic or this or that and I've been all those things too and I'm you know I'm comfortable to talk about it but I think the one that I'm less comfortable to talk about is how I you know pretty often will stand up in the kitchen and eat a humongous amount of food and then my clothes won't fit me right like no one wants that one's not as it has a gluttony it has a, a shame right but a lot of people do that I'm not the only person who's so done that, many people right? do that yeah and I think that's where wellness comes into play of like it doesn't really matter what you eat. doesn't matter how much you eat. It matters how you're eating it, right? Yeah. It, like, if I go out to dinner with my friend and we have a beautiful conversation and we eat um, rich food and, and gluten and dairy and whatever, like it really doesn't matter if, you know, you're present and enjoying it and you'll digest it and it'll be what's going to be and you'll intuitively eat something else the next day and it's fine, if you're eating out of shame of like, I did that, now I need to punish this, but then it's like a, a action and reaction. It's like a rubber band and it's binge and restrict. And like, that is not great for your gut, your brain, your relationships, whatever. And, and you know what? Stress and loneliness are worse for us than anything else. So these sorts of things that create shame, like that's why I'm just kind of like, if anyone could just take away a lot of the, you're not gonna be able to take away all the restriction. There's gonna like, I'm never gonna tell someone who's like, 
and again, I'm not trying to minimize celiac and like these sorts of diseases, but I know a lot of people who don't have, who don't have celiac, who, who don't eat gluten, right. Pretty restrictively. Or I know a lot of people who aren't actually allergic, like they're not going to die if they have something cooked in a little bit of dairy. Right. But I'm respectful and I get that. And I, but I just, I kind of clock that like, cause you know, it takes one to know one, right? Like I have been that person that's like, Oh, you know, I'm a gluten-free raw vegan. And I also don't eat sugar or fruit. So, you know, what that really is saying is like, here's an excuse for me to diet publicly and not have to say I'm dieting and not have to talk about vanity, but not eat anything. Right. And it's like that that's fine because that's just like where, people are at like, and, and I, and sometimes it's like, I don't care about intuitively eating or like being all like health at every size. And because I just want to my close to fit and I'm just going to like do these restrictive things. And like, I know it's bad. And I know, you know, so it's like, I've been there too. Like, it's just, if we can all just be nicer to ourselves and share a lot of this, because I think it's, it really festers when it sticks in our brain and we think we're the only one that did like, I, I got this slew of voice text from my like best friend recently and of her telling me how she was so much shame, like ate a full pizza and then she can't tell anyone. And she like the, the, this other thing with the cauliflower and, and very specifics of like, and it was really intense for me to listen to because I care about her so much. And also the the fact that like god i i know that i've done this and i know that so many people have done this and do this and it's like it just makes me sad that's all and so i think that's the big that's the biggest thing is like be nicer to yourselves and don't allow shame around like what you're eating oh god i went on a rampage i love your rampages i feel like we need like part two part three and part four um right yeah (laughs) because there's so much we didn't even get to creativity and i'm not going to hold you captive well into the night but a couple things just want to say like what you're talking about i call thought condiments because you know i tell people that i work with one-on-one around food like what are you putting in your mind with what you're putting in your body? Like if you're thinking to yourself, this is bad, this is going to harm me, then you're not, you know, that's a very different thing than, you know, loving your food and taking, being, you know, grateful for what you're eating. If you have that capacity or even just accepting it and just being like, yum, this is delicious. Like that's always number one for me with people is like getting them to reconnect to joy around eating. Like it's a, you know, as someone that's lost that privilege, you know, through a severe health crisis, I I have it now, everybody, I really love food. But um, for many years, I didn't, I first, like, you know, there's times where I literally could not eat anything. Yeah. And so, you know, this shame that we all carry around our desire when it comes to this very basic need um, is really pervasive. And so, I mean, we could talk for hours about this, but I just want to thank you for bringing that into this conversation. Cause I think it's so, so, so important for people to look at within themselves, like that true wellness to me. And this is just me is function over form. Like it always yeah. is. I mean, I love beauty. I think beauty is really important, but you can be beautiful no matter what your body looks like. And if your body is, you know, as we, age in our years, like I believe we can also get younger in our bodies, but it really has to be a whole mindset shift. Like there's so much programming to untangle here. And so for me, that's my mantra. It's always function over form, function over form. Like if I put on a pair of pants and they're not fitting the way they used to, it's like function over form, you know, how's my body functioning? And if my body's not functioning in a way I want, that's when I, that's where I look from. Okay. Okay. It's not functioning the way I want. Now I can look, but you know, the last thing I want to say is just, um, around this is, I mean, again, I could say many, many things, but, um, the last thing I want to say around this is around the whole wellness industry, because I've really, you know, I have a lot of certifications and wellness and all the things. And I've struggled in the last little while and sort of taken a different direction because my observation is like, whoa, this is a minefield. Like, how do I practice what I really believe in, which is true wellness, like true being well, body, mind, spirit, and not be involved in diet culture and not be involved in this pervasive covered up all the things you just talked about. So 
you know, that's sort of why we're here. You and I is, you know, and you are doing it in a different way. Um, but I really truly believe like is to really reconnect people with like the joy in life and how wonderful it can be to be in a body, no matter what your body looks like or actually how it's functioning. So <laughs> anyway, um, again, I'm just aware of the time. I know you're a busy gal with lots of friends to attend to. <laughs> And um, on this eve before Thanksgiving. So I would love to continue this conversation. Obviously, privately, we yeah, will continue let's, the conversation. Let's do, another, let's do another one or yeah, yeah. unreported, whatever. But I mean, and just to, to say, go, please, with, yeah. With what you were saying, just briefly, like, I think it's just about like be not being afraid to say it, you know, mm -hmm. to like say what I said of like, you know, my friend who shared all that stuff with me, she also is in wellness. And she was like, that shame about like, oh, but I and I was like, just take that away. Because if anything, like this made you who you are and you're able to like share on this now, right? And you have, have way more empathy for people who have this, which is everybody, you know? Everybody, yeah. And, and Ivan, oh God, it's like, it breaks my heart, but like, I have a lot of friends of different genders, even where this just comes up. It's so pervasive. And, and, you know, I think Nadine Artemis said this to me on, on the, on the podcast that beauty is focus, right? It's, mm. it's focusing on one thing, it's presence, right? So with that, like, it's kind of arbitrary to put all of our eggs in the basket of vanity or in the basket of our bodies, because it, it's fleeting. Like yeah. you can, you can die your life and probably like manipulate your body to be a certain way for most of it. And people, a lot of people, a lot of women, a lot of people are going to go to their grave, uh, dieting and spending most of their time controlling their, their food. And, and that's going to take up, you know, a, a larger portion of the pie in their brain than that, than they would think. Right. Yeah. And they're still going to die and age. Like, you know, our bodies are still going to age. So it's like, it's a really silly thing to put all of our eggs in the basket of, but at the same time, I also really understand like, and totally. for some people it might be like, you know what, it's actually just worth it for me. Cause like, I feel so shitty when I'm larger that I just have to do this. And it's like, it is what it is. So I think just being so honest and talking about it is so at least people are doing it out of, with some awareness of like, what's really going on because we can just be around of like, oh yeah, but I need to lose weight. Cause I need to like, just, it's so out there. We're like, now I, I hear people say it like at a party or at the coffee shop and I'm not going to like go on my soapbox. Like I just did here and be like, <laughs> you know why do you need to lose weight? Let's get into it. You know? Cause I just, I went yeah. a brick wall, but I don't love that. I hear it like every day, everywhere with everyone, because it's just like the, the more people we have on board of like, it doesn't have to be like this. There's another way to see it, the better, but it's also like with like a lot of truthful things. It's like critical thinking is not um, like people don't want to go against the grain of like what a lot of people are doing, even if it's useful to humanity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it threatens our security. Like we're, you know, we yeah. are um, creatures of community. Like we evolved needing each other. So it's it's hard to go against the grain. It's it's at a primal level. It's unsafe, right? Exactly. Um, so, you know, I think we just have to stand in our, in what's true for us. And I love that stand in the truth of wherever you're at and know that hopefully everything evolves. Like wellness culture is so different than it was in 1995 and, <laughs> um, it will be incredibly different in five or 10 years. And hopefully we evolve in a good direction, but I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that talking honestly and, being truthful with where you're at. And just even if it's one person that you can share this stuff with, if there's just yeah. one person in your life that you feel like you can have this pact with or whatever it is, like, that's so important. So Katie, thank you so much. Um, I do want to just have you verbally say where everyone can find you and follow your work. Yes. I really highly, highly, highly could not recommend. I've taken Katie's podcast course. That's where this oh, podcast yes. came out of. Yes. Let I a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It took it took me like years to actually do the podcast, but it's still a reference. Like I went when I was really going to start this podcast, I went and she has it all laid out, like how to do it, what's the best way. She's researched all the things. So, you know, she, you're just such a wealth of generous information. 
Lauren. And so I highly recommend that at the very least you get on her email list or listen to her podcast, if not diving head into Katie's world, because you will not regret it. So for people that don't understand show notes, which is totally fine, I I hear you. I'm with you. Just say out loud, (laughs) say out loud the places that are easiest to find you. (laughs) You're so cool. Um, I'm an easy Google away. Honestly, I'm at Katie Dalebow on Instagram, which is my name, um, at let it out with three T's. And through those places, you'll probably be able to find everything, but let it out with three T's.com has everything uh, or the podcast is called let it out. And yeah, I, I would love to connect with anyone listening and Cody, thank you so much. It means so much that you like, I'm so happy that you found the podcast and took the course and were part of the other course. And, you know, the, we didn't even get to talk about the work, you know, and then you so much like, <laughs> you know, had me work with you. And like, I am just such a fan of yours. So mm. you're, you're top notch. And I'm, I'm really, truly like, so happy to know you and be part of your world. Thank you so much for making room in your friendship rules for me. I appreciate it. Always. There's always a large place for you. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll say goodbye to everybody here, but we're not going to hang up the Zoom because that's awkward. So bye, everybody. Thank you so much. A big thank you again to Katie Dalebout. I am so honored to have her here as a guest. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed having this conversation. All the links to find Katie's work are in the show notes. If for some reason you can't access the show notes, like Katie said, she is quite Googleable. So you could search for Let It Out. You could follow her on Instagram at Katie Dalebout or check out her website, www.katydalebout.com. Thanks again, friends. I hope to be with you soon. And until then, wishing you an absolutely wonderful spring. If you haven't already checked out my new website, I have a new website. It's launched. It's up there. Be sure to head to agencywellness.org and check out all the new things I'm up to. Also, for the next few weeks, I am offering a few more feng shui mini consults. This is a great way to have my eyes on your home and to help you infuse this spring and this summer with the intentions that you're wanting to call forth in your life. So if you're interested in that, just shoot me a message. Find me on the socials at CodyMar18 or hit up my website and send me a message there. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.